The Staff Assistant Podcast is designed to assist and educate law enforcement personnel about mental health issues and managing work-related stress. The Staff Assistant is a licensed clinical psychologist who works within a large law enforcement agency and treats first responders in her private practice. No professional relationships have been established with any guests on the show. Opinions expressed on the show do not reflect the opinions of any particular agency. Mature audiences only and listener discretion is advised. Today's a little bit of a different vibe. We don't know how to start the show, so we'll just start it. Yeah, we don't have a guest today. We're just, it's just the two of us, and uh, we're recording this in our living room. It's a little bit of a more intimate setting. But uh, we are going to take a look behind Oz's curtain today. And um, we've experienced uh, what I call a destabilizing event that's kind of shaken us a little bit to the core. And it's actually been a little bit of a block um, for me where I feel like I can't move forward um, unless I address it. So this is my attempt to put it out there for to share with everyone I feel compelled for some reason to do this and I don't feel compelled to go to therapy or go to a support group, but um, I actually made a list of a thoughtful list of why I wanted to share what we're going to share. I'm not sure Ali wants to share it, but I appreciate that he's willing to share it for me. First thing is therapists are not immune to pain, loss, life struggles, stress. Uh, in fact, there's a book called The uh, Wounded Healer. I think it's The Wounded Healer, The Broken Healer. I think it's Wounded Healer by Henry Nowen. And the premise is that, like all humans, therapists are equally as wounded. I don't think I, I would have understood this particular problem or event uh, unless I had gone through it myself. And it's been a difficult couple of weeks, so there's been a little bit of a lapse between shows. Our last show was episode eight. We've really had a difficult time kind of pulling together the next show because we've just been, uh, well, I've been struggling with being motivated, being focused, just dealing with my own feelings. So I'm going to give a little context to the story but I hope to talk about this uh, context in future episodes. So um, for those of the people that have met me, that knew me before like 2009, when I started working in the department, I just gotten out of grad school and um, I was pretty overweight, uh, not in good shape and had just been really busting my ass trying to finish school and, you know, raising a family and just had a lot going on. 
but 2009, 2010, I started having a little bit more time to take care of myself and I started working out and, you know, slowly just kind of naturally losing weight and getting in better shape. 2014, I transferred institutions and at that point um, I was in pretty good shape and I separated from the state for a while. And really, over the next two years, 2015, 16, I really got back in like almost high school, high school performance shape um, where I was, you know, cycling almost every day. Uh, I would run a mile every day. I'd be weightlifting, you know, doing intensity weightlifting um, four to five times a week. And I was feeling great. I was feeling strong. I was feeling healthy. And a combination of fatigue and uh, commuting and uh, uh, an injury at the chiropractor's office almost immobilized me overnight. And I had a, a pretty severe back injury in 2017. And at that point, uh, everything changed for me. I, it was hard to move. So the whole concept and the whole subject of chronic pain and injuries is something I am hoping to discuss on future episodes. But just for the context, um, you know, from 2017 until now, it's taken me this long to figure out how to manage my pain in just sort of natural ways. I can't run. I can't cycle anymore. Even weightlifting will throw out my back. So I'm, I'm limited now in what I can do. But I feel like I've sort of conquered my pain so that I, I am in pain every day, but I manage it. So with that context in mind, um, you know, I'm preparing to be an empty nester soon. And Ollie and I were, you know, we have financial goals. We have, you know, professional goals, things that we were going to start making moves on uh, the next year or two. And we found out we were pregnant, which was pretty hard for me to even believe that <laughs> I was 41 and pregnant. Uh, I thought I was approaching, you know, pre-menopause and um, we were in complete shock. Um, not believing that that was real and on my end, even though I couldn't believe it, that it was happening, I, you know, I instantaneously had to stop taking any medication for my pain to not hurt the baby. And I pretty much went into withdrawals and had to cold turkey. Um, all of that, I had to stop going into the jacuzzi, which was another pain management technique. And I was thrown into this state of pain that I've never felt before. I haven't been off any medications in five years. And so I could feel like every joint hurt, every bone hurt, every muscle hurt. Things that I didn't think hurt were hurting. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't take anything to help me sleep. I was in tears every day because I was in so much pain. I remember telling Ali I would just be driving to work sobbing because I was hurting so badly. But in my mind, you know, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, you, every decision is now about the baby. It's not about you. I was determined to 
to white knuckle it and just get through it. And it, you know, eventually I decided I'll just take it day by day. You know, I'm not going to think about feeling this way for, you know, seven more months. I'm just going to think about today and how I'm going to get through today. So the shock slowly started to wear off. And I think things started to become more real. You know, I started to think of how, what my future was going to look like, knowing that I couldn't pursue certain professional or financial goals, you know, with a newborn. I had always wanted more kids. And so, you know, when this happened, I, I was petrified that my body at this age wouldn't be able to handle it. But I was also equally uh, elated, I think, and surprised that I was getting another opportunity to, to be a parent. You know, we'd picked out a name or two. We had talked. We fought about (laughs) a name or two. That's what I remember. We had settled on one name, but there were other names we couldn't agree on. Yeah. That was frustrating. Arguing over names. So, you know, and then I'm thinking about how am I going to go to work in this condition. I don't want anybody to know, you know, I want to feel safe. Um, there's a lot, a lot going through my mind, you know, I'm worried about the, uh, vaccine mandates and what that means for my job. And, you know, am I going to have health insurance, uh, when it comes time to deliver, am I even going to be employed? Um, so a lot of different stressors going on in my mind. I'm not in the greatest shape now, so, you know, I, I'm managing my pain, but, you know, I'm still at an unhealthy weight. The thought of gaining more weight being pregnant was um, a little bit scary and what that would do to my body. And it felt like just as we had started to settle in to the idea that this was happening, my body started to adjust a little bit. I started to finally get some sleep. Wasn't sleeping great, but I was starting to sleep and mentally starting to adjust. And then one day at work, I started bleeding and cramping. And I I think at the time I knew what that meant, but uh, I didn't want to believe it. And it was pretty light spotting, which I was reading about was normal. And, uh, you know, the next morning we're, we're out in the car taking the dogs to the groomers and, um, I could feel it. I could feel it starting and my heart just broke and I bled pretty heavily for two days. And I remember thinking to myself, because I was doing a lot of researching and Googling, this is so common that 20% of all pregnancies end in a miscarriage. And why haven't I heard anyone talk about this? How horrible this is. I think Tony, Tony covered a little bit of it, but... I guess some things you just 
don't completely understand until you experience it yourself. And I feel like this is one of those things. I remember arguing with you about, you know, names and, and just being in disbelief for a long time about whether or not this was really happening. And like you said, you know, by the time we just settled in into the idea that, okay, all right, we're going to do this. This is really happening. Then we, we lose, we lose the baby. Just a roller coaster of emotions. I think the most difficult part is the, the physical passing. When you deliver a baby, it's, uh, it's a violent act. It's very bloody and messy and destructive and gruesome. You know, if you've seen a delivery, but normally when there's a live birth, you know, it's a miraculous event, even though it's also a violent event. But when you miscarry, you're passing your own child through your body and you read at each week what's happening you know, the baby is developing the spine. The spine is fully developed. The fingers and the toes are developed. The heart, the heart is beating. You know, the internal organs are formed. And then when you miscarry, you're expected to just pass the baby into the toilet. It almost seems inhuman. And no one talks about this, that you bleed, you pass everything out of your body for two weeks. I'm still, I'm still miscarrying right now. And I feel like this is a very small glimpse into the pain associated with losing a child. I know people who have miscarried that were further along. And, you know, people that uh, their child may have been stillborn at delivery, or maybe they lost an infant. And I'm sure it only gets harder the farther along you go. But one of the main reasons I wanted to share this is almost all the women that I've told about this have told me that they've experienced this too, but I've never heard anyone talking about it and how hard it is. I'm sure my hormones are all over the place and um, I'm still, I'm still grieving, but uh, I'm really having a hard time finding my normal again, my baseline, you know, and a lot of my reason for wanting to do this is, uh, I want to, I want to get back to normal. You know, I want to still record podcasts, but I'm still grieving. And I feel like the only way for me to work through this is to share it. There's several women that I had hoped and maybe in the future we will interview them. Um, that have gone through this that I I think they haven't fully grieved themselves but I felt like I couldn't wait to talk about this because it's holding me back from from being productive from being helpful from just being normal you know I feel a lot of uh, guilt you know did I do something wrong You know, should I not have been walking around in the heat that day? 
you know, did I unintentionally do something, you know, when I was taking my normal medication, not knowing I was pregnant, you know, I think about the pain that I was in, you know, did the baby feel that baby feel the stress that I was feeling? I think the worst part for me was that passing, passing everything through my body. I wasn't able to, to find him, to see him. It was too small. And there was just too much without describing what was happening. I just couldn't, there was no way for me to see him. I think the hardest part for me in all of this is, uh, the feeling of of helplessness. There's nothing I can do that's going to make this better right now or in five minutes or in a week. We just adopted the mindset of getting ready to welcome this new baby in X amount of months and then all that got snatched away and you know i have a hard time talking about it now cuz i just feel helpless i think uh one thing that helped me the most was how supportive you were though and uh if i just started crying you would just hold me and i was thinking back to Jill's episode and uh you know, you didn't, you didn't ask me any dumb questions. You know, you know that I was brokenhearted and you just were there with me. I think we had just started telling people we were pregnant and then we had to turn around and tell them that we weren't. Do you think this is helping you talking about it right now? I think so. And I think that there'll be people that I'll be able to have conversations with after this, that maybe by talking about it with them, it will keep helping me. Maybe it'll help them too. I don't know why I feel so compelled to share it. Um, I'm just shocked at how painful this is. And uh, knowing that so many people go through it, and now that we're going through it, uh, I'm really struggling with it. I mean, there's been things that weren't so helpful. You know, there's people that were well-intentioned, but maybe I'm not particularly close to them, you know, that would call or reach out in ways that felt too personal and I didn't necessarily want to be talking about it with everyone or all the time or when I didn't want to talk about it. And, uh, you know, there are certain people that I wanted to talk about it with people offering like unsolicited, you know, medical advice or things like that. That wasn't, wasn't very helpful. I think the uh, podcast for me is, I don't want to call it a hobby. It's, something that is aligned with my vision, you know, and wanting to help build a community, something I enjoy doing. 
and I don't want to lose that. And I'm, a lot of my reason just for sharing today is because I want to get back on track. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, mental health professionals don't have problems or we can solve our own problems or, you know, we don't cry, we don't get upset or we don't, I don't know what they think, but sometimes I feel like they think we don't have problems, but we're just normal people too. The pregnancy was completely unexpected, unplanned, and uh, miscarriage was equally as unexpected and shocking. So I feel like we're trying to get our equilibrium back, uh, but we're still still in the middle of it. I think the people who reached out to you and probably offered you unsolicited advice that didn't line up with what you wanted to hear. I'm sure those people were well-intentioned. So to those people, thank you. I think we did experience a little bit of people not knowing what to say or you know, how to say it. Some people gave us space. It's hard to know what you need to when you go through something like this. You know, there's times that you do want to talk about it. There's times that you absolutely don't want to talk about it. I'm noticing that more and more, you know, the crying and sadness is becoming less and less, but when I do feel that way, I'm usually alone now. You know, I'll be driving to work or in the shower and still, you know, still grieving. Yeah, I don't think we were fantasizing about, you know, a high school graduation and we weren't thinking, you know, 18 years ahead to what this child would be like, but I certainly was thinking about what they would look like. I was exercising earlier today and I saw the, the little baby bath that we picked up. And then I remembered again that we're not having a baby. And Hopefully as the days go by, this gets easier. But I think for now, we just need to grieve and try to get past this with time and space. I hope this inspires people a little bit to be brave about being a little more transparent about what's going on in their lives. And I wanted to you know, show some appreciation and respect for the guests that have come on so far and have been completely open about their lives. And I felt comfortable enough sharing this that, you know, I want people to know that I'm also willing to be open and share. And, uh, you know, I have a list of 10 people that I can't wait to interview that I think will be great shows and I'm just waiting for the stars to align, you know, for those shows to happen. And I'm hopeful that after this show that 
those doors will start opening. To the people who knew about the pregnancy and reached out, thank you. We appreciate your understanding, your patience, and this difficult time in our lives. Close my eyes and squeeze, try to block that thought. Place any burden on me, please, not that law. But time don't go back, it goes forward. Can't run from the pain, go towards it. Some things can't be explained, what caused it? Such a beautiful soul, so pure shit. Gonna see you again, I'm sure of it. To that time, little man, I'm nauseous. Your girlfriend's pregnant, the Lord's gift. Almost lost my faith, that was started. It's like having your life restarted. Can't wait for your child's life to be a part of it. So now I'm childlike, waiting for a gift to return. When I lost you, I lost it. Once, let go to get one. Follow the staff assistant on Instagram. To submit comments or ask a question, please email the staff assistant podcast at gmail.com. Questions and comments may be read on the show, but will be kept anonymous. If you are struggling and in crisis, there is a way out. Call a loved one, contact a peer support member. Call your local employee assistance program. Call your insurance and ask for a list of mental health providers. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK. If you're more comfortable talking to another law enforcement officer, you can call 1-866-COP-TO-COP. That's 1-866-COP, the number 2, and COP. For free confidential assistance, call the California Chaplain Corps 24 hours a day at 916-365-2273. If you need help finding resources or are in crisis and would like to speak to the staff assistant personally, you can email her. She is the staff assistant and she is here to assist you.